I see his posture being very much uh, one not looking for a, a, um, a technicality to keep you out of the kingdom of heaven, but for a loophole to get you in. Yes. And once we see that, I think it allows us to see the humanity in, in otherwise borderline evil people. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of The Absurdity. My name is Ryan Becker. I'm your host, and today I'm really excited. We have a very special guest. His name is Jeff Carlson. He is a really, really good friend of mine. He's a pastor as well uh, near the Asheville area currently, and I'm just thrilled to have him on today as we discuss uh, how we use some words when we're talking about important theological issues or even cultural issues in our society and and how those words can have unintended side effects and consequences as a result of us using them. And so I do hope that you enjoy. This is our this is the first episode that we've done where we record on location and so we are we recorded this in Jeff's apartment and I am just thrilled at the conversation that happens. Normally when I do these interviews and I do these conversations, uh, I just create a framework and we just kind of go wherever the rabbit hole goes. And I'm really, really thrilled about where this one went. And so I, I hope that you were able to walk away with something concrete and some maybe adjustments that you can make. I know there are some that I need to make as a result of just this conversation in the way that I talk with other people and the way that I discuss these important issues with other people. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jeff Carlson. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of The Absurdity. I'm here with Jeff Carlson, and I'm really excited about our our topic today. So uh, Jeff, why don't you just go ahead and give us an introduction to who you are and, and what you do? Yeah, man. Nice to have you here in my cavernous apartment. <laughs> We've turned off the air conditioning, so we might be sweating near the end of we'll this. We'll melt all the way through the episode. In the name of love, it's worth it. Um, well, yeah, my name is Jeff Carlson. I'm a pastor here in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I work mostly with young adults, uh, music, some outreach stuff, so a little bit of everything. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, I, I am thrilled to have you on here. I know that you're one of the more outspoken pastors that I've met, and I love that about you. And that's kind of what we deal with on here is 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 allowing people the opportunity to be outspoken on some of these more important issues. Um especially when it comes to social justice issues and, and reframing mm. conversations so that we can have more effective and better conversations with mm. each other. Um, and so today we've, we've kind of agreed to talk about um, there's this kind of blanket terminology and I've seen it in almost every denomination I've encountered, yeah, yeah. but it's especially present in Adventism. And maybe that's just because that's the lens I look through um, of whenever we're talking about quote unquote secondary issues mm. in the church members uh, church members will dismiss them as well that's a salvation issue or that's a non-salvation issue and i want to talk about that because i think i think those two terms might be more damaging than we realize mm. um so when you when you hear those words currently jeff what do you what do you think of and what's the typical context you know i i think generally it's coming from a well-meaning place where people are kind of maybe overreacting i mean that's my own perspective of it they're reacting to uh, the past of of our church and a lot of other denominations that used to make everything into this just like life or death you're playing cards <laughs> have fun with satan in hell you know like and people started to realize you know these things really don't have the destructive quality automatically in everyone's mm. lives. And so people tried to back down and um, maybe create that space for freedom in people's lives. It's, and, and they use those terms. Well, that's not a salvation issue. You know, do you do you play cards? You know, even the most conservative denominations now probably aren't going to make such a big deal if someone's playing, you know, a hand of cards at home with their family. They mm. kind of treat that as if that's a personal choice. Um, so I think it's coming from a well-meaning place, kind of maybe trying to correct that that mistake that we've made in the past, where we turned everything into this life or death issue. Um, but I, I I tend to agree with where you're coming from. I, I think it causes more more damage than than uh, positivity. Well, and and I think I think it's because over time that focus has changed, right? Because as we're as 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 I mean, Adventism is a world church, but as denominations in general tend to talk about bigger and bigger issues that mm. affect more and more people mm-hmm. on a level outside of what you do in your home, mm. right? If you're talking about something like women's ordination, you're dealing with something that affects the workforce, yeah. someone's pay, someone's livelihood. Um, you're affecting their stat their stature in in society, yeah, right? Yeah. And 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 then all of a sudden, those terms come out, 
almost as if to say like, oh, hey, all of this is a distraction. We don't really need to be talking about this because there are more important issues. Yeah, I but, think Yeah, I, I think that that's, it brings up a really good point as you were saying that. I, I pictured almost like if the other side, I kind of hate that metaphor. There's two sides in every yeah. issue. It's like it's not, not, every, not everything is binary. But there are two main, I, I think, motivations why people bring this up. One is really well-meaning to try and create space for people's freedom. Um, the other, I think, it can tend to be almost... Uh, unintentional bullying where you're going to try and shut someone down where you'd say, well, that's not a big deal. The real important thing is sharing the gospel. And so let's stop talking about all this modern slavery things or whatever. You're like, well, doesn't that affect their lives? Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Know, think, and so I think it is almost that discomfort with the unknown, this discomfort where there is you know disagreement in the church. And so people kind of want to shut that down. They kind of panic. Well, it's not a salvation issue. Mm. Um, so I think it can come from a you know, variety of places. I think it's all, all damaging, honestly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah I, variety. I mean, what is it? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's good old C.S. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Man. So that, I mean, and, and it's true. I, I think there's a lot of things that we say, and I'm sure there are things that I've said on this podcast that I've said with good intentions, or we say with good intentions, and are actually harmful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think on a race level, white people are kind of realizing that now. Yeah, your intentions uh, don't always yeah your necessarily matter. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. effect. Um, there's there's a lot more at stake than just what you say or what you or more at stake than what you think you mean. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about some of the issues that we're going to bring up today that have to do with salvation or non-salvation issues, we're talking about the value of people. Mm. Um, and and so what when you see these, what is your typical reaction when you see these words come in, whether they say salvation issue or they say non-salvation issue? You know, I, I think it depends on where I feel like it's coming from. Like we mentioned, it can come from a variety of places. If it's coming from kind of that well-meaning place of, you know, hey, let's just let people make their decisions and follow their own conscience, I tend not to engage it too much. I, I don't I don't see that it's, nece- it's necessarily helpful. And it, again, it would depend on the situation. If it's coming from a place of trying to shut people down, to shut discussion down, to say we shouldn't talk about women's ordination, it doesn't matter, it's causing division. Well, Jesus said, I came to bring a sword, right? I came to bring division. You know, a lot of times the most important conversations, whether that's in a church or a relationship, um, are going to be uncomfortable, right? They're going to divide. And so you have to find, you know, unity in that space of division, right? Mm. So it's uncomfortable, um, so if I see that, I tend to be a little more proactive in challenging it um, gotcha. and, and maybe maybe kind of pushing back in order to allow the conversation to continue. I don't mm. know. Well, and, and, and so I think I think when it when it becomes really dangerous is, is when it is stifling conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of I think where we resonate yeah, here. Absolutely. Um, and, and I'm a huge fan of how we have conversations. Mm. Big fan of it. I mean, I get into arguments very often on Facebook or otherwise with people. And I've kind of learned after enough years being a teenager that. Um, I learned that just stating your opinion outright tends to get you in trouble. <laughs> so what I do is I've I've kind of learned to reframe my conversations and yeah. to say, hey, look, you're a friend of mine. You've been a mentor to me for so many years. And I want you to know that what I'm saying, I don't want you, you know, you're only seeing this through the lens of text in a comment. So you're not hearing my inflection or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I want you to know that like, I love you and I mean absolutely no harm with this. And I'm sorry if anything I say is, and then I get into my point. And yeah. sometimes that preamble is longer than my actual <laughs> Actual point. Yeah, too long, didn't read. <laughs> but it disarms people. Yeah, absolutely. And, when they, and, they, and, and conversations actually happen. And with people mm. I vehemently disagree with, I've actually gotten them to say, hey, you're right. Um, mm. Because something was couched differently or, or we reframed the conversation. And so yep. today, I think, I think one of the things we're going to do is, is reframe hmm. the salvation and non-salvation issue, uh, that argument and those, those terms. Mm. Um, it's about posture, I guess, right? Maybe yeah. that's a good word. Like yeah. the posture that you're taking with someone. You can yeah. say the same thing in a totally different verbal posture and it, it, the effect is drastically different. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let me, let, me, let me just ask you this and we'll, we'll jump right into this. What do, you think are, what do you think are better uses of these terms? More mm. constructive or, or, or what, what, yeah, what is a better context that they can come up? Well, if we're looking at, again, those two kind of motivations, yeah. the second one, which is just straight up damaging, it would be challenging people to be honest with their motivation. Say, mm. you're, you're, this, it's not about salvation or non-salvation. You're uncomfortable with the conversation, either because you don't have an answer and that's uncomfortable for you. So let's help you learn that that's okay. You can be uncomfortable. We don't have to mm. agree, right? Um, or you're just a, just a straight up bully and we're not going to put up yeah. with it. You know, the church tolerates uh, bullying more than more than we should, mm. you know. And so in that context, I would say it would be helping people to put better names on their emotions. 
you know, that's one of the challenges a lot of people face is that, you know, they look at these simple emotions like anger, not realizing there's deeper motivations underneath. I'm angry. Like, well, no, you're disappointed, right? And kind of helping in that mm. process. So I would say that would be one side. The other side um, where uh, people are trying to make space, I think it's maybe more looking at the idea of what's life-giving and what's life-taking mm. um, more than just this idea of salvation. I think that it comes back to that um, overemphasis on legal statuses that the Reformation brought in. And I'm not anti-Reformation or anything, right? I think those guys did did the best they could, and it was, it was powerful and necessary. Um, but they got it wrong, just like if the world goes on for a thousand years, they'll look back at us and see that we got it wrong, right? <laughs> but maybe that overemphasis on legal status, right? And so you're looking at... You know, what's your status? Does this thing put you in or out of, 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 of <laughs> my so dog, my dog is ferociously growling and we're trying not to laugh about it. So if you're hearing that, that's not, I don't know what it's not, but it's my dog. So yeah, no worries. We're good. Thanks for protecting us. All right. Now we've somehow got to get back to where we were. Yeah, I don't know. We're probably off track anyway. You asked about what's a better use for those Yeah, trips? what's a better yeah. use? Yeah, life-giving, life-taking. Yeah, I think so. I'm, uh, yeah. Um, I, and I'm in agreement too. I, I think asking yourself before you use those terms, um, saying, why, why am I saying this? Mm. Am I just fed up with this argument in general? Um, if so, then maybe I need more patience. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to pray for patience before I just dismiss this issue. Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's a there's a self check mm. before you before you dismiss because I think sometimes there is a time to shut down a discussion. Oh yeah, um, it's not being productive. You need space. Yeah, like know. I get it. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean you dismiss the other person in the process. Yes, um, and you can say, look, I'm uncomfortable talking about this further, or I've been, you know, this has made me really angry, and I don't want to be, and I need to take a step back. Um, I think there are more creative ways to express mm. the shutting down of a of a toxic discussion. Yeah, um, but you know, I I would love to see these terms just completely change in their context, which obviously would take much larger of a movement than just us two at a table. (laughs) We're going to do it right Uh, here. But, you know, I would love to see this. So right now when people use those terms, yeah, we've already kind of defined them. But when they say, hey, that's a salvation issue, what they mean is this issue literally is something that connects back to whether or not you are saved. Yes. And when they say non-salvation issue, well, then that's secondary and and more lenient or Mm. whatever, or that that isn't as worthy of as much focus mm-hmm. as a salvation issue. Um, so they leave room for disagreement. And yes, I, I agree it comes from a well-intentioned place. But what I would argue differently with this is I would say a salvation issue is anything that that can keep someone from choosing to be saved mm. and, and accepting can, the gospel. And that can have major implications in, in a lot of yes. ways that those terms you ha- don't even touch on. <laughs> yes. And, and non-salvation issues I think are, are, are different. Mm. Um, those are, those are issues that, that people really don't wrestle with um, on a salvation level. Um, and, 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 you know, we've mentioned, I think women's ordination, a couple of times because that's kind of the most that's the most recent and kind of obvious one that this is used in but it's used in racism conversations it's yeah. used in in um even lately conversations with the kkk neo-nazis yep. and yep. and even antifa and all these all these far left far right whatever mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. um we see these these used and saying well we just need to you know we just need to stop having these discussions and focus on loving each other better well we're trying to it's dismissive yeah like <laughs> that's what they're it's most of us are trying yeah. to do right? it's very dismissive well, yeah and what happens is, I mean, women's ordination is right now an issue that is not just tied to what Scripture says, um, but it's also tied to kind of the value of women in today's society. Absolutely. Um, and and a lot of women, not not all women, I don't speak for all women at all, but I, you know, the women that I know and and that I kind of talk to, um, whether or not they can be ordained is not a matter of like I just want ordained because I want the title. It's I am equal in worth and value to my male counterparts. Mm-hmm. And that's important that Jesus sees me that way. Yeah. Because if he doesn't, then that's not a Jesus I want to serve and yeah. I want to love. Yeah. Suddenly that becomes a salvation issue. If you've got people walking away from and now you can say the counterpoint, I guess, to this is is well, maybe they should focus on Jesus more than their personal preference. Well, the value of people is more than a personal preference. Yeah, and it's easy to it's easy to use that as a dismissal when you ha- when your opinion is in is is in play, right? Like, yeah, exactly. They shouldn't worry about it if it's such a big deal. It's like, well, you're shutting it down. Why are you making such yeah. a big deal? You know, that's it's a very it's a very dismissive, destructive. Yeah. 
statement. Um, I, I, I feel, yeah. I, I do think that music is a salvation issue. I do think that women's ordination and ordination in general, because mm. that's a whole <laughs> other nebula, right? Um, I think that is a salvation issue. I think the LGBTQ, um, that whole topic yeah. is a salvation issue. Yeah. Um, and, and because people are choosing to be saved or not saved based on the church's response to these issues and their, their actions within them. Yeah. Some, now the game has changed in the way we talk about these, right? Like Absolutely. That, I think that kind of flips everything. Mm-hmm. It did for me when I first thought about this um, because now you're, conv- now you're not just dismissing someone's conversation. You're dismissing someone's kind of entire worldview perspective and, mm. and, and, and belief. Um, There's a lot more tied to it, I guess, maybe was what I'm hearing you say, like the effect of what your stance is, it might not literally keep you out of the kingdom of God, but if it's keeping someone else out, if the effect is to make them walk away from the church, to walk away from Christ, all the excuses that I make for that are going to ring hollow, you know, if that, if if my effect on someone legitimately chase them out of the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's a do not, it's do not be a stumbling block. I mean, it's, it's kind of that it's couched in that. Um, and, and. I think if we saw these terms that way, and this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I think if we use the, these terms that way, we'd see a complete reframing in the way we, we kind of handle these issues. Would make I think it would make us all a little more careful about what we what we do, how we present what we say, right? Kind of yeah. like going back to how we started with the idea of posture. You know, if, if I'm really legitimately convicted that women shouldn't be ordained, that's one thing. But how am I presenting that? Am I being careful that I'm not, again, going to be a stumbling block, yeah. that I'm not going to devastate someone else's faith? You know, I'm going to yeah. be held accountable for that. <laughs> exactly. You know, like Jesus said, you, you caused uh, one of these younger people to stumble. This is better to tie this rock around your neck and throw yourself in the sea. <laughs> Seriously. Sweet that's... loving Jesus. Yeah, sweet loving Jesus treat telling your, you to treat drown yourself. yourself. <laughs> treat yourself. Right? Yeah, no doubt, right? So, I mean, it, there, that, that's pretty consistent throughout the scriptures that if if I'm callous, if I'm uncareful, if I'm dismissive and I cause pain, I'm held accountable for that. And I, I think that does tie into what you're saying, really recouching that that uh, approach to how, how we view things. That I can't just say, well, it's not a salvation issue. It doesn't matter. you know. So I'm not going to talk about it. Or it's not a salvation issue. So you need to stop talking about it, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. dude. <laughs> and the other thing is, is just because it's not a salvation issue for you yeah. does not mean it's not a salvation issue for someone else, right? So when we reframe the conversation this way, now you're entering in the territory of projection, mm. right? I'm projecting what causes me to sin or what causes me to stumble onto you yeah. or what doesn't yep. onto you. So I'm saying, yeah, I never struggled with women. Women's ordination wasn't an issue for me when I joined the church. Yeah. Well, it is for them. Yes. Um, music wasn't an issue for or music was an issue for me. Okay, well, maybe it's not for someone else. Mm. Um, and just because something has affected you one way, um, does not mean that it has the same effects on someone else mm-hmm. or on everyone else. Absolutely. Um, and so th- this, I think, does make more room for the individual. Absolutely. I- well, the thing that's really uh, affected how I, I view just kind of religion in general, but a lot of these issues, is the idea of shalom, which is super trendy right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, Rob Bell. Yeah, I'm risking, I'm risking sounding like a Robite here, which... Uh, I'm That's okay. Hopefully not. We can be closet Rob. I love together. the guy. It's great, right? I read a lot of books uh, that aren't by Rob Bell. Just a disclaimer, right? <laughs> so anyway, so but the idea of shalom, it really, it really changed the way I viewed things because the way I viewed sin before had always been, um, again, just kind of relatively like an arbitrary law. Like this has been mm. decided. You do it, you're out, or you've caused some major damage, and you need to make it right. Um, Whereas the idea of shalom is just much more of a positive idea in the sense, not positive, like happy, but it's positive in the sense it's the way things are supposed to be. So the way that as Christians we've tended to view sin is just don't do these things. It's a negation. Mm. So stop smoking and you're okay, right? Shalom would say, well, yeah, smoking's going to kill you. It's stupid, right? Pretty much everyone agrees now in the West at least. (laughs) Like this is a, a foolish decision, bad way to die. But there's more to shalom than just don't smoke. It's have your health the way that it was created to be, that you'd have wholeness mm. in life, which is going to involve a lot more complicated things like emotional health and sexual health, mm. right? Things that the church isn't always necessarily comfortable with talking about. So it's much more of a positive than a negative. The negative's easy. Stop smoking. We can preach that. We mm. can measure it. Be healthy. Be whole, right? You know, you can't measure that. And so it's kind of this like moving target that you have to be comfortable with a little bit more of a nebulous reality. You know, I think so for me, that's really affected how I viewed it. And so then all these issues that are, you know, kind of decreed it's salvation or not. Well, everything is a salvation issue then, because if it's tied into 
the way that the world is supposed to be, then all of it's connected, whether it's women's ordination or music, you know, mm -hmm. worship, uh, you know, smoking, you know, any, I mean, you just list anything in there and it's, it's all going to be yeah. connected in some way. Right. So yeah. we're all aiming towards making the world better, making our lives better, making our communities better. Um, yeah. So that, that's, well, that's changed the way I view things a lot. Yeah. And, and, it, you know, I think what you're, what you're kind of, what someone might be listening after hearing that, and I, and it's kind of where my mind went is is okay. Well, fine, and I guess then everything's a salvation. You know, I guess I have to talk about everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's important to someone, and we're done. <laughs> <laughs> have a good if day. If it's important to someone, talk about it. Yeah, and work with them through it and grow together. Yeah. It's basic empathy, right? Like, yeah. If it's important to you, it's important, and that's one of the things I. You know, in, in marriage counseling, in relationship counseling, and then just with friends, I've, you know, been part of people's journeys. Um, and in my own journey, honestly, um, one of the, the hardest lessons I learned, and I finally learned it um, after I lost my marriage, which is a whole other issue, right, mm -hmm. um, is that your feelings matter, right? It, you, feelings are facts. And yeah. the, the fact that someone feels strongly about something, you can make a logical argument to argue down anything. I'm hyper-logical. So I can win arguments and still be wrong. And I think that's one of the challenges we've had um, in, in our church in particular. A lot of other people do too. But the idea that if you can put to, you know, string together this logical argument, then that's the end of the debate. And that's really not the way it works. You know, someone's experience, um, even if you can say it's subjective, really isn't. I mean, that's their experience and it matters. So if you're going to damage their faith because you think you have all the facts, you know, that, that's, that's yeah. on you. That's on me. Yeah. And I think... I think kind of what we're getting at is, you know, I'm not, I don't think either of us um, are trying to condemn anyone who's used these phrases before, or used these terms before, because like we've we said, them. we've, yeah, used, we've them. used them yeah. and they usually come from a good place. What we're saying is, you know, if you, if you are personally no longer comfortable with a the conversation, there are better ways to exit that conversation. Absolutely. And if you feel that you aren't the person that is meant to talk to mm. the person with the issue or with the belief then just dismiss yourself from that conversation. Just own it, right? For it's, yourself. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a, a little more honest and it's it's actually more comfortable. It's like, you know, I'm not real comfortable with having this conversation. I don't know if I have the answers. I'm not ready to talk yeah. about this. Those are all fair. And that's up to the other person to honor that at that point. You know, when I was when I was in high school, there was this kid. Um, and I hope one day he listens because I want him to know. I think I've told him straight to his face before, <laughs> but maybe I haven't. Um, he hated me. Hmm. And I never knew why. But here's the thing. <laughs> Every time I commented on something on Facebook, every time I posted a status, every time I did something on campus, his always response would show up very publicly and otherwise he'd say, I hate you. <laughs> Completely. Like I could be like, the sun is, the sky is blue today. I hate you. Wow. Uh, as a comment. And wow. I always respected him for it. <laughs> always. Because I, I was like, I was like, this dude isn't trying to be like underground subversive at all. He isn't trying yeah, to he's sabotage just in me. the open at least. He's just honest with me to say, yeah, he doesn't like me. Yeah. And I respected him for it. Right. If you don't like the conversation, if you don't, if you don't like the person, just <laughs> extricate say, hey, yourself. Yeah, just yes. leave. leave. Just be like, hey, away. I don't like this and I'm going to stop now. Yeah, fair enough. Right? And then stop. Absolutely. Yeah, don't try and undermine the whole conversation yeah, and just, win. Like, just walk I win. away. Right. Um, I, I've gone to several websites and otherwise where the comment section is just, and I'm not just talking about YouTube. Um, I've been to Adventist websites where the comment section is is oh, utter filth and trash. And I've just absolutely. And every time I want to be a keyboard warrior and I have to say no, this isn't the conversation for me, yeah. and this isn't the place for that mm -hmm. conversation. Um, and, and that's kind of where. Where I've had to land on a lot of things, and so I, now I get in less less online and internet <laughs> arguments. Uh, I get in I get in less as well. I learn <laughs> I learn my lessons slowly, no. but I, I learn them. <laughs> Though I guess I guess maybe having a podcast is not helping myself in that yeah, yeah. in that arena. But <laughs> just oh well. don't get on the comment section of your podcast, right? Um, so okay, so we've kind of beat this horse to death, which is good. Um, but let me let me ask you this: how 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 do you think that both sides of these arguments, right? Those who believe that this is something very important and valuable and those who say, that's really kind of a distraction, right? Mm. How can both of those sides value and love the other side better, right? So how can mm. a pro-anti or a pro-anti, how can a, <laughs> a very can, conflicted <laughs> man, <laughs> how can a pro-women's ordination person love and value an anti better? Um, and mm. vice versa. Yeah. And how can someone who's all for contemporary music um, value and love someone who's for traditional hymns and otherwise? And these are just kind of the example issues that we're using. But mm -hmm. obviously, this could, is a much broader could, spectrum. Yeah, it could apply to anything, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just have a couple of things that come to mind. First of all, it would be that 
it's generally pretty hard unless unless you have a deeper point of reference that you agree on. Um, that's why you'll see things like wars unify nations because you'll have all of these other issues that people are never going to agree on. But when you have a common enemy, you can have you know communist Russia and capitalist America fight together and really get along pretty well. You know, so you you've got to have something that's that's deeper that's uniting you. Which seems like it should be super easy as Christians. I'm not even going to say what that deeper thing would be because it's so obvious. <laughs> it's in the name. Just a hint. Keep think think about don't it. Think. Right. Um, so it seems like it should be easy, but it's not. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, simple oversimplified. It. It's complicated. But finding that deeper, that that deeper, that more meaningful point of, of connection where you can truly say, not just as a platitude, like, well, we all agree. It's like, no, you don't agree, and that's okay. We're not all going to agree on everything. But finding that deeper point of reference. Hmm. I think that's one thing. Um, yeah. The other thing would be, I would say something that's really been overlooked in the church is just emotional maturity. Um, we don't tend to foster that. We tend to foster peace at the, at the, at the price of... Um, actual actual growth actual honesty uh, and being being able to actually hear people being empathetic to realize that someone's coming from the best place they know mm. i mean it it's a very rare person that's actually coming from an evil place even someone that's that's doing destructive things and acting controlling and bullying you know generally they're coming from a a very human place that if we if we were able to ex, to, to see it we we would feel a lot more compassion and, and really working on our own hearts to find that compassion for each other. To say, okay, people that are against women's ordination, they don't hate women. They've got mothers. A lot of them are married and have daughters. And they're, they're not really trying to devalue anyone. I, I believe their beliefs do devalue women, right? So I can believe yeah. that. And I can still believe that that's not where they're coming from. And so I'm not going to get hung up on arguing about that, trying to convince them that they're devaluing women. I mean, that's not their intent, yeah. right? And so finding more of a compassionate place where we can find a, a more productive argument um, and then those things work themselves out. I think yeah. uh, there's a there's a there's a point where you do need to kind of hit a little harder. I think um, and, and maybe hit some of those issues that are uncomfortable. But generally, we kind of go for the throat when it's not necessary, mm. and the arguments turn really nasty real quick when we start arguing about who really loves Jesus and who really loves women and who really loves the gospel. It's yeah. like, come on, really? Yeah. Any anyone that's in the church. You need to be able to assume that they love Jesus and that they wish people well and they want the gospel to go, whether they're gospel to go to the world, whether they're liberal or conservative. And that might look different than I want it to. But we need to be able to find that place of respect and empathy. Um, And that's any conversation. And that's one of the challenges. We don't model that as a church. Um, And so that doesn't play out in our church families Mm -hmm. very well either with children and spouses. I love it. Like one of the pictures is like one day we're all going to be sitting in heaven together on the new earth together, right? Like if we can't figure it out now, it's not going to be pretty. Heaven's going to be awkward. Like that's, (laughs) that would be so awkward. Howdy ho, neighbor. We got into a YouTube argument one day. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. Like super uh, sketchy. No, I I agree. I think, and I think it comes from a place of not seeing your, not seeing the other as an enemy, Mm. but seeing them as a brother or a sister who are trying their best and coming from that. And, and I, identifying with that common place of humanity. Yeah, I love the verse. Um, and I, this is something that I, I remind myself of, and I, I do remind uh, other members as well in, in my churches I've pastored. The, uh, the verse that says, we do not fight against flesh and blood, mm. right? And that in the context of the idea that it's a bigger battle, right? But I think it also applies to the fact that if you find yourself and someone that's flesh and blood is your enemy and you're battling against them, you've missed the bigger issues. That person isn't your enemy. Um, and it doesn't mean you need you shouldn't stand up against them or, or call them to account or mm-hmm. sometimes even cut them out of your life. I mean, there are, there are desperate situations that you need to make, you know, decisions that are going to they are going to hurt someone. But um, never in the sense that they're your enemy and you're trying to destroy them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we find ourselves with the church a lot of times. That's one of the dangers of religion is that it gives you a, a certainty that other people can lack. Mm. And so you pick up the sword a lot easier than other people would necessarily and you swing it. Um, without thinking about the consequences until it's too late. And like we talked about, then people leave the church. People walk away from from organized religion for very um, understandable reasons, Yeah. right? And that's on us. I think that, again, kind of brings it full circle back to what we talked about, um, salvation, non-salvation. Everything's yeah, yeah. a salvation issue. Every- if it affects your salvation, yeah. it's a salvation issue for me, right? And and I think, you know, I, you know, I don't think we're saying that, that – the issue is more important than it is. I think what we're saying is value the person yeah. who has their beliefs. Absolutely. Um, and that that's that's bigger. You can believe that that these issues are secondary and believe that the person is primary. Yeah. Um and and 
and acknowledge them for their life, their experience, their journey, um, and and come in a place of disagreement. I've got church members that openly disagree with me on mm. on issues, important issues, when they've said. Yeah, I disagree with you here. That's okay. We're yeah, gonna man. and yet side by side, we set up for church events. Yep. Um, we work together. We get the church ready. I mean, and and that's it's coexisting. Yeah. Um, without, I guess I already did reference that dumb bumper sticker, but um, it is. It's learning to coexist with those who who disagree with us. Yeah. Um, and not even just have different views, but may flat out yeah disagree. No, I'm super um, blessed. The church that I'm at right now, um, it's a large church, and so you get a, a wide variety of beliefs. And one of the things I've been impressed with is that, uh, yeah, there's there's a, a wide disparity of, of the way things things are viewed by people, but people get along. People are kind. And that's one of the things I tell people when they ask, you know, what's your church like? I'm like, it's good. It's a kind church. We have, you know, people on our elders board who don't believe that women should be elders. And we have women, women elders. And they're not jerks about it, right? Mm. They've talked to the pastors. You know, they needed to let us know, and this is where they stand. But they're not going to, you know, it's out of their control in their mind. So they've done their due diligence, and they're just going to they're just going to serve and let God take care of that. Mm. I mean, a very very mature kind of approach. Yeah, um, they're true to their their uh, beliefs, and yet they're not trying to ruin someone's life. <laughs> you know, exactly. You, yeah. you you can value a person and um, your perspective at the same time. Yes. It's much harder. It's much more complicated. So most it's people messy. get lazy. Yeah, most people get lazy and don't want to deal with the mess. But it's very possible. You look at what Jesus did. Um, he's walking around with these disciples who are totally idiots. I mean, they're racist and violent and just kind of, you know, arrogant arrogant guys. And yet you see very few times he really calls them out on that. Um, you're able to find, uh, I think, unity when you when, when you're around a common issue and those other issues need to come up. I mean, Jesus calls James and John, you know, he says, you don't know what spirit you're of. He's basically saying you're the spirit of Satan himself, right? When they want to roast this village. So he's not going to put up with it unendlessly. He's going to call them out and say, no, your perspective's wrong, but that wasn't the norm. And in the Mm -hmm. church, we tend to want to, you know, that's our default. We want to say, no, your perspective's wrong. Whether it's you're against women's ordinations, you're wrong or you're for it. You're wrong. Right. We want to make those um, points of div- diversion um, that we have, turn them into major points of division. And that's not always necessary. Sometimes we can create those common bounds, uh, bonds of connection. And those conversations happen much more healthily in those situations mm-hmm. than I think. Yeah, I mean, and I think I think one of the, the struggles here is as you kind of grow up, especially if you grow up in the church, right? Um, but regardless, you're taught as a kid that the world is black and white. Oh, yeah. Super many simplified. Issues, right? Don't touch the stovetop. Yeah. Well, then you learn when you grow up that the stovetop can be on or off. And there are times that you don't touch it. And yeah. they, you, you start to find out that the world is a lot grayer and more yes. ambiguous. And Absolutely. He, and, but what we want is black and white answers. I want to know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to have to figure it out. Like, I just want to, like, what do I need to do? All right, cool. I'll get it done. <laughs> just give it's, me the basic, yeah, they're like, give me the minimum. And I think that's, again, comes back to sin issue versus, or salvation versus non-salvation issue. People want to know the minimum. We want, we want to know what's the minimum I can do and still go to sleep at night, not afraid of, you yeah. know, the afterlife. Um, and that's not really available because if you are coming from a shalom perspective, the idea that the world is not the way it's supposed to be and it's going to be made back into the way it's supposed to be and none of us are there yet. That's a constant growing process, and you have to find um, peace in that. And so then, yeah, in the church, where where are we wrong? Where are we right? You know, the early Adventist church uh, was profoundly anti-Trinitarian. So the majority of the early Adventist leaders didn't believe Jesus was fully God. And that's a major problem. Mm. Um, and, you know, gratefully, the church has grown through that. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not always going to get it completely right. And there's that myth that... Okay, just give me the basics. We have it right. Give me the minimum and I'm good. I'm yeah. not going to be scared, right? Um, but it's much more complicated than that, yeah. I think. And a lot of people are drawn to conservative religion um, because they're looking for that that yeah. kind of equilibrium. They don't have it in their own life. And that's fine. I don't say that pejoratively, but it's just a reality. Someone who's struggling with addictions. Conservative religions, time and time again, have been shown to draw that. Not just Adventism, Calvinism and different very strict black and white religions, denominations because people are seeking it's that order, it's pattern, yeah. it's yeah. yeah. They're desperate for some some you know structure, some structure to their life, yeah. Um, and so, how do we help people grow through that? That's a lot more complicated than just telling them they're stupid and wrong. Like well, you're just <laughs> wrong, you're reading the wrong pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. So we do the same thing. We just want to dismiss them and not hear them, not realizing they're coming from a very human place. They're desperately seeking structure. It, who are we to condemn them when we're 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 privileged that we have it? 
I have a structure in my life. I've been given that because of my family upbringing and mm-hmm. a lot of other situations. I have that. So I, it, it challenges me to be patient with those people that are desperate for, for order when you know they don't have it. And as a leader, especially in the church, to keep the conversation um, kind because I can very easily drift there as well. I've had yeah. my share of Facebook posts afterwards. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Yeah, and I, you know, and I think same here. By the way, I right there, um, and 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 there's <laughs> I just several times friended everybody, so I don't have any, the repercussions are less. Well, now. And, and I've learned, you know, I I've finally learned to just ask myself: Does the other person like? Would the other when I press enter on this comment, right? Yeah. Will the other person or will a third party know that I love them? Yeah, man. By this comment, and that stop probably the majority of what yep. most of us post, at least ideological posts. And that means we have to slow down, yeah. which we don't like doing. No, and that we means don't. it's hard. It's the hard work. loving someone is hard work. It's complicated, and it's a moving target. And yes. that's the thing I've I've recently been coming to this awareness that like love, and this would be any kind of love, and it would include the church uh, community as well, is not static. And we again, we want that simplicity. Tell me how to make you feel loved, right? Like, well, that's not the way it works, man. Like, you don't just get to have this list. It's not this like algorithm where you punch in the right information and it comes out yeah. the same. It moves. Someday, it's going to mean listening to someone and not speaking. Some days, it's going to mean challenging them and holding them accountable. It's a moving target, and so it requires compassion. It requires empathy, mm-hmm. and ultimately requires, I think, the spirit of God changing our hearts. Um, because none of us are capable of that kind of um, intuition, at least not continually. Yeah. You know, we have our moments, but yeah, it's a moving target, and that yeah, that's messy. Yeah, I you know I I think the other I think the other the other thing that we're we're kind of touching on here as we're loving someone right um, is is operating within your sphere of influence. Mm. Um, really hard to love. Really hard to call someone to accountability who's a total stranger who may not think the way you do or believe the way you do. Well, it's not hard to do. We all um, do. It yeah, yeah. No it's, it's hard to do. It I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. no, you're right. Effectively, it's, it's, yeah. it's hard to do it effectively. Yep. Who I can't. I don't know of any strangers whose minds I've changed, yeah. but I know of several friends whose minds I've been able to change and, and, and who's, who've changed my mind. Uh-huh. Um, and operating within your sphere of influence is huge. I mean, I look at, um, I look at this, this guy that was involved with the Charlottesville mm. protests. He was a kid. He was the kid whose father disowned him. And I don't oh, want to say right. names on here, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the kid's face, I found out the kid's Facebook profile was public. Yes. And all of a sudden, Everyone just floods his Facebook with "You're going to hell." I hope you die. You know, rot. You racist and all this. And I'm like, there's no <laughs> love for this kid who's trying to operate out of his humanity and the yeah. way he sees the world. And I, I get. I'm not trying to sympathize. No, racism. He's, he's dead wrong. But I can't imagine that he's trying to be evil. I mean, it's possible, yeah, but yeah, right. I, it's um, who are we but to his, fall to his level? Even if he was evil, who am I to justify my own evil with yeah. his evil? Right. No, and yeah. I, and I like to call it the the persecuted complex mm. um, of this idea that when you criticize someone especially someone you don't know it only reinforces their beliefs it does not change it absolutely um, and and that's almost confirmation bias in christianity because mm. we're told like you know you will be persecuted this so will we're happen. looking for it yeah. yeah we're looking for it actively we're yeah. looking for people to disagree so that, like that's how the westboro baptist church views it straight oh, up they've said like yeah we love that people disagree with us and and, and show up to it anti-protest us it right pro- exactly <laughs> so stop proving people right yes yeah, stop being a jerk it's not <laughs> it's, it's not it's not hard it is hard i take yeah. it back it's not complicated and it i'm not hard. saying be tolerant towards hate right no, racism is all. bad racism is terrible and and those those beliefs are um are hatred whether or not they would admit it yeah it's terrible it doesn't matter what your intent is it's still evil right yeah i think we agree on that um, but i think there's a way to communicate that better and i don't know that strangers on the internet are going to communicate that better than that man's own family or friends and the fact that his family disowned him i think says a lot more than three thousand strangers on the internet commenting telling you to die yeah just piling on right i mean no i think so man i think that's a huge point understanding your your sphere of influence which again requires empathy yeah. Right. You need to understand. Do or does my voice have weight in this person's life? If not, then I should probably close my mouth. And if I want my voice to matter in that person's life, I need to build connection where it's going to have weight. Right? Yeah. And again, it's messy. It's complicated. We we kind of keep coming back to that. I think. Right. I think that's one of the major challenges for for the church in general, um, but especially those of us who have influence, whether it's through uh, position as a pastor or an elder, or people that want that and they want to speak into people's lives, or just kind of ideological. Um, you need that connection. It's just that simple. 
Yeah. And complicated and messy. <laughs> I One of my biggest pet peeves is when someone speaks into my life or in, into an area of my life that I have not given them permission to speak into. Oh, man, yeah. Um, that, that immediately gets me angry. Um, well, people I have to don't walk away. know, right? And I... I don't want to overshare here, but you know my you know my marriage came to an end um, about a year ago, and uh, I was I was shocked how kind the church took it. You know they were mm-hmm. very kind or how they treated it. Um, but one of the things that I did notice was there was uh, most people just kind of avoided it, and they did that out of kindness, and so I was fine with that. Um, but there were a few people that really meant well, but there was this level of tone deafness. I had a couple people give me uh, marriage books. Right? They're like, you need to read this book. This is going to help you. I'm like, you realize I don't have a marriage anymore, right? And and second, secondly, the thing that really kind of I had to bite my tongue was that there was this, this expectation that, well, you know, as guys, we have a hard time sharing our emotions. And it's like, mm. that's literally not like in, in in my marriage, I was more the typical girl, right? And, you know, all those, <laughs> all those stereotypes. I share my emotions. I'm super emotionally aware. It doesn't mean I'm always right, but I'm very emotionally aware. I'm well, I'm always sharing. right, so yeah. that's why I host a podcast. Yes, you are. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking at this book on my shelf over here, and I haven't read it. And I need to. Um, but it was given to me with that expectation that they, mm. they not only – they not only had the right to speak into my life, but that they understood how to, and both were wrong. They had no right to speak into my life, and they met well, so I didn't, I didn't push back. And they certainly had no idea what they were even talking about. I mean, they might as well have been handing me, you know, a blanket to put out a fire that didn't exist. Like that's not the problem. There were other issues that that my marriage fell apart because of. And um, again, I don't want to overshare, um, but I feel like that that's that's uh, germane that's to the conversation. One, yeah. You know, yeah, we need to be careful when we we assume about someone's life. We know how to speak into it. I mean, you see someone who's who's struggling with addiction. You know, okay, well, mm. they just need to stop smoking. Well, anyone in America that's smoking knows it's dumb. They know they're going to die a terrible death if they don't quit. And most of them are, you know, thinking about when they will quit, most likely. But you need to be aware um, that you know most any addiction now they've, they've been proving over and over and over is is connected to some sort of a lack, right? Some sort of emotional uh, lack. And I was talking to a one of my young adults who brought up a great point. He said, you know, as a church, we like to kick at these things, whether it's, you know, drug addiction, um, alcohol, tobacco, pornography, whatever, whatever it might be, right? Some of our favorite sins we like to kick at um, that are that are destructive. Uh, but we miss the fact that those are crutches that someone's, you know, hobbling along on. And we we don't want to look at why they're hobbling. Like what what's wrong with their leg that they need a crutch? Mm. We don't We don't even want to look at that because that's uncomfortable and complicated. We just want to say, drop those cigarettes and then, you know, that's their crutch. You'd kick it out and they fall down and they fall into something worse, you yeah. know, or eat it. Or they just, you know, fill their life with shame now because they know that there's that, you think they're an idiot and mm. they avoid you. Uh, but yeah, looking for the deeper issues, that requires looking in someone's life. And so this person could have asked me, you know, man, I want to understand why, why did this thing break apart? And I could have told them there was nothing shameful or embarrassing. It's just, you know, the sadness tragedy of life, you know. And I could have shared that, and then most likely they would have seen, oh, this isn't the right book. There's a lot, another book that might help. Mm. This has no no meaning for me. It's not my issues. It's not my struggles. I, I have my other stuff. Mm. And there's piles of other stuff. I have. Yeah, no, I, that's not it though, right? I'm, I'm anyway right there beating with you. a dead horse again. We can use that metaphor. <laughs> no, I, I'm right there. We with love you. horses though. We support horses. Yes, we love. We don't support beating them. Agree. Unless it's uh, in a metaphor. Even, <laughs> exactly. Even a even horse. even uh, that I'm a, I'm a softy with animals. I feel bad about even metaphorically beating a yeah, horse. Yeah, it's not okay. It's gonna, not okay. Don't no animal abuse. We're gonna stop and give our no. metaphorical horse napples. Yes. Uh, <laughs> send it out to pasture where it's free. Anyway. Uh, no, I, you know, when my dad died, a lot of people were trying to tell me how to grieve. Yeah. Uh, just tone deaf. Just don't tell someone how to grieve. Yeah. I, you know, unless, unless they're actually harming themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Like physically harming themselves. Yeah. Don't, you know, let people grieve because death isn't something that we were meant or wired to deal with. Yeah. Um, but that, that's one of those areas. Like people just think that, or, or when you're depressed, just chin up. Yeah. You know, man. or when someone's been disappointed by something, we saw this a lot after the election. We yeah. see this a lot after important votes in our church. Um, you know, one side is always upset and sad. We just say, oh, get over it. You need to get over Yeah. Let me, let me process this yeah, let and me deal grieve, with this. Right? And, you know, my favorite moment in scripture is when Job's friends sit with him for seven days and seven <laughs> nights and don't say a word. Yeah. And then they ruined it. And then they ruined it by opening their mouth. <laughs> they started out somewhere like, else. Like I know, great. I know this is kind of ironic coming from a podcast, but like, shut up. Yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> like, and it, with it, that, we'll end. With, no. Yeah, and on we're going to talk note, some more. I think we're. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, no, I agree. I think that's don't, silence is powerful. 
make sure that the ta- the person you're talking to is giving you permission to speak to that part of their life. Yeah. I think that is one something that's really practical that we can that we can walk away. And with. I think you know what we're both saying in our our own experience of loss. You can't speak into something you don't understand. And if you want to assume, well, every death is the same. You're just foolish. You want to assume every divorce is the same, every male, every female is the same. They're going to process it the same. You know, that's it's completely ridiculous. And most people would agree with that. They just don't process it that deeply yeah. because they don't take time to be silent. Hmm. Um, and I'm only sharing that because I know the person that did that will never listen to this podcast. I <laughs> wouldn't want to hurt their feelings. They're a very kind person. And they meant well. That's why I didn't even push back. But yeah, being able to understand, taking the time to listen. And I think that goes back to a lot of these issues. It's it's putting the humanity back into the argument. Yes. It doesn't mean that everything is subjective or everything's equivalent. That has nothing to do with it. But even being able to see the humanity in a racist, I think his family did the right thing in disowning him. It's sad. It's tragic. I wish him well, but I think I'm glad they kicked him out of the family. I don't see any other way once it's gone public like that, um, unless they want to seem as if they're supporting him, that they, you know, I don't know what else they could have done. So you can still believe someone's wrong and hold them accountable and yet see the human. Yeah. Um, I, we, we all want to dismiss because it makes things very simple. We want to assume, oh, this divorce was this way. I just want to dismiss it. This death was the same. This racist is the same. Um, I love what the uh, the wise philosopher, Mr. Rogers, <laughs> once, once said. Um, I just read this quote recently again. It brought it back to mind. He said that, you know, for years, people have told other people to stop crying. Oh, don't cry, right? Like we said, don't stop grieving. Just buck up, you know, um, just read this book. And he says, what, what that really is saying is I'm uncomfortable with your sadness. And it's making it about me. It's yeah. making me uncomfortable that your your father died. I'm not sure how to handle your grief. It's it's me. You know, your your marriage ended. I'm uncomfortable with handling that, right? And so we're uncomfortable. And again, it's it's maybe putting the perspective back on myself, realizing, okay, this is about my discomfort. I'm really feeling triggered or, you know, kind of mm. fired up about this, you know, debate about women's ordination, realizing well, that's me, right? Yeah. And I need to like look at my own soul. Why am I feeling triggered? Why am I feeling angry about this? And maybe I need to take myself out of the conversation okay. and catch my breath before I say something I regret. Mm. Um, so it's it, looking at motivations. Yeah. No, I, and I, and I think another way to put that, I, I, I've seen this recently because um, I used to do this with Christmas gifts or birthday gifts. I mm. say, I want to get you something. What do you want? And they're like, nothing. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm going to get you something. Yeah, you tell me what to buy you. <laughs> tell me what to buy you. <laughs> like, like really what do you want? want? Or I'm going to just, it's like, we, we put our desire to get them something or to fulfill what our definition of a good friend is or family Ooh, yeah, member man. is before the, what the other person wants. We want to love them on our terms. Exactly. And that's one of the most damaging things. I, another lesson I learned very slowly. <laughs> And too late in some ways. Yeah, yeah right? I agree. But yeah, I, we want to love other people on on our own terms, and um, loving the person on their terms involves listening yeah. and uh, being willing to shift our view to a point. I don't have to change what I believe about women's ordination or about modern slavery, or about racism, but I can still see the human in them and, and hear their voice. Right, love yeah. them on their terms as much as possible. Yeah, um, you can call out hate and love someone. It Absolutely. is possible, one hundred percent possible, and and I think it's all about um, recognizing that common humanity and, mm. and understanding that, yeah, uh, both of you are just trying to do the best with what you've got. Yeah, um, and you may have been ha- uh, dealt drastically different hands, but that doesn't mean that the other person is of less value or deserves to be treated as less value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, race, I, I don't agree with racism. I think racism is terrible. I think that you know, um, I think that hating anyone else based on the color of their skin or appearance is 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 dumb. Yeah, it's um, maybe the most but, evil evil yeah. view you could possibly have, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's so arbitrary. But that doesn't mean that the person who holds those views is any less valuable than me. And that's so hard to navigate, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Like to be able to see the value in that person and not validate what they believe. Yeah. And, and recognize that I'm a sinner just like them. And yeah. if they believe in Jesus Christ, that yeah, I am I am in the church just like them, and we technically fly the same banner. Mm-hmm. Best to try and find some common ground as we talk. Well, it's seeking, um, it's seeking to find some sort of a connection yeah. and redemption. I mean, that's the, the messiness of redemption. And we see that again in Jesus. Yeah. You know, the stories of, you know, stories of Jesus' life that he, he was willing to go to the point of basically violating the law of Moses at points where really kind of stepping over the lines. And that's what made the leaders, you know, of his time so uncomfortable because he's, he's stepping <laughs> over these lines, right? But he's willing to do it in order to bring someone into that wholeness, into that shalom, into healing. Yeah. Um, because his goal, I mean, it, People ask me a lot as a pastor, as if my opinion matters, um, but they think it does, I guess, <laughs> right? Uh, that, you know, they'll ask me, is this, you know, my son is gay, is he going to hell? Or, you know, this person, are they going to be in heaven? And that, you know, that that kind of question. And I always, I, I 
over the years, I've come down to an answer I give consistently now. First of all, I say, I have no idea. I'm not going to speak for God. From what mm. I read in the scriptures, we're usually wrong when we want to put, you know, this person's in, this person's out. Yeah. So I'm careful. I'm not going to speak for him, first of all, whatever I believe about in action. Um, but secondly, I'm like, you know, when I see in the stories of Jesus, um, I see his posture being very much uh, one not looking for a, a, um, a technicality to keep you out of the kingdom of heaven, but for a loophole to get you in. Yes. And once we see that, I think it allows us to see the humanity in, in otherwise borderline evil people. So, you know what? Jesus himself would literally bleed out if, if that's what it took to get this person into, you know, out, out of what they believe into a healthier place. He's willing to give everything. Am I willing to do that? If I'm not, then calling myself a follower of Christ is, is taking his name in vain, mm. right? And so yeah. it's, it's strong language I don't live up to, um, but I would like to. And I think that can inform both, you know, we say both sides again of a, of a debate, any side of a debate. Yeah. Um, we all very easily can believe we're right and therefore our ethics go out the window, yeah. right? I'm right. And so in being right, I become wrong. Um, you know, Jesus didn't challenge the Pharisees' theological beliefs. He challenged their ethics over and over and over and yeah. over and over. And that's what got him killed. Um, and in the church, I see similar issues. People that I agree with um, ideologically, and I watch how they treat people. Um, and I catch myself um, and how the way, ways I've treated people and just been super harsh, especially on, on social media. I'm a big softie, so in person, I'm not usually pretty rough. <laughs> you get, yeah, you get digital courage online. Yes. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm a monster. <laughs> um, well... Uh, Jeff, thank you so much uh, for coming on, and I and I think that's um, a wonderful kind of bow on this conversation is 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 um, recognizing our common humanity, and, and and I think there's a lot in here that people can walk away with, definitely. Um, but let me ask you this: Do you have any final thoughts for those listening, or any final words of encouragement or discouragement? Hopefully, <laughs> encouragement that you want to pass on. Yeah, I would say that. I mean, any the the thing I've been learning through my journey the last year or so has been really just understanding the power of, of love that everything comes down to love, not in this like superficial sense, but the way that I treat people, um, whether that's in a marriage or with children or a family or a church, anything, it really comes down to how we, how we love and anything we can do to love better is going to make the world a better place. Um, if I can be more compassionate to someone I disagree with, or if I can stand up more strongly for a group that is being sidelined and love them in that way. Love is complicated. Love is messy. I need to love someone on their terms. I need to love someone sacrificially. All these ideas we've been talking about. Um, but really realizing that at, at the bottom of it all, at the end of the day, um, truth is love. And a lot of times we want to skip past that. We're like, well, I love, that's the easy part. It's like, whoa, okay. According to what we read in, in the Bible, that's not the easy part. That's the hardest part. Mm. And it's super easy to have the right belief system about what day you worship on or what you're supposed to eat or, you know, what you're supposed to believe about the Trinity, right? These things, it's not complicated. The way that I treat somebody, um, that's the salvation issue, right? Mm. That's, that's, that's what really affects. So I don't know. Any way you can learn to love, read, read books about relationships. That's what I would say, honestly. Yeah. You know, learn to love better and your, your families, your churches, everything's going to be better the, the, the better you learn how to love and listen. I agree. Um, and I think that is experiential. Uh, Absolutely. So. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on again. I appreciate you, your journey, your life. Um, really excited to have you on. And, and um, as we've been talking, if you guys have loved um, hearing from, from Jeff today, I know that uh, we'll, we've got some things in the works for the future. <laughs> uh, and this will not be the only time that he's present. I will pull him by his arm if I have to. <laughs> um, but I, I am really excited to have you on. And, and just thank oh, you man. so much it's for helping fun. us reframe this. Man. Absolutely. So. Thanks for having me.